You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, buddy, and welcome back to Locked On Browns. Uh, apologies. Uh, luckily, yesterday was quiet Browns-wise, NFL-wise. Your boy needed a break, so we took one, but we're back today. Your host, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Show itself at Lockdown Browns. Follow back account. DMs are open. Everybody knows the drill. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're leaving those five-star ratings. Make sure you are leaving those fantastic written reviews. We're going to sit down here today. Uh, recap uh, some fun trading, which almost seems a little premature, maybe a month before the draft. Um, but I think if we learned anything today, and we'll get to this with Corey here in a minute, I think we learned what the Jets' plans are. I think we learned San Francisco certainly got a inkling in their eyes, and you can say whatever you want about Jimmy Garoppolo and no San Francisco. Nobody wants him. So he's all yours, as handsome as he's going to look, wearing that baseball hat by about week four. Week five, joining from with the first pick, Mr. Corey Kinnon. Corey, A, how you doing? B, um, a little early before 4.30 when you usually get those Friday news dumps. But, hey, the NFL, there's no rhyme. There's no reason. When you want to create some chaos, let's sit back and create some goddamn chaos. Always on on your toes. Always on my toes. So I'm doing well. It was a good little energy boost there, that midday news dump uh, from ESPN there um, with the trades going down. So a uh, good way to head into the weekend. Um, I'm not sure the trades have much implications Brown-wise, but it's, but it's still fun nonetheless. Look, if everybody wants to sit down and fight like hell over quarterbacks – by all means, uh, you know, there's certain teams, and the Browns are now one of them. Sit back and watch the slaughter happen. If the first round would like to have 25 first-round picks, <laughs> by all means, let's let that happen as well. Oh, reminder, today's episode of Lockdown is brought to you by the fine folks over at rockauto.com. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need, visit rockauto.com and tell them Lockdown sent you. Corey, Miami, and we'll see how it turns out for them on the field. I love what Brian Flores has been doing over the last two years. I actually, not even this past season, the season before, I said, look, I mean, nobody knew who the hell was playing for the Miami Dolphins, but yet they were, even though they were getting, they were losing almost every week, they were playing like, you know, playing as hard as they possibly could. You saw Brian Flores definitely had the medal to make this work. But this front office, so it's one thing to get out of the selection that they had for San, for San Francisco to come to three. And we'll start, obviously, with that one. But then, yeah, let's just jump back into the fray because there's some really, really nice skill positions in this draft, skill players in this draft. And if we're at six, we could possibly get ourselves the creme de la creme of the skill position. Yeah, so I think the writing was on the wall that Miami was going to trade out. Um, I mean, they took a first-round left tackle last year. They took a second-round uh guy and Robert Hunt who can play kind of guard or tackle. And then they took a th- a third or a fourth round. I can't, I can't keep it on the top of my head, but Solomon Kinley who can play interior as well. So they took three young offensive linemen in the first three or three or four rounds last year. So I didn't think they were going to take, take Panay Sewell at the third overall pick, 
Um, you know, you thought they could take wide receiver, but at the end of the day, uh, they've now taken Laramie Tunsil and added two more additional first round picks onto the arsenal of that trade. So uh, it's a smart move by that front office. Um, I do question how smart it was to then trade back up to six. Um, you think that they're probably taking a wide receiver there just because Detroit at seven um, just lost their top two, top, top two targets and uh, are probably looking wide receiver there. So uh, it's probably a move to make sure you get the first wide receiver off the board. Um, but we just came off of a season where, you know, Henry Ruggs, Jerry, Judy, CeeDee Lamb all came off the board and Justin Jefferson was the most most effective uh, rookie wide receiver. <laughs> so so at that point, it's like how much do, how much of a difference does it make to get, you know, Jalen Waddle at 12 compared to Jamar Chase at six. So I don't know if it was worth to give up an extra first round pick to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, at, at the, Miami moves back three spots and still pockets an extra first round pick and an extra third round pick. So um Exciting day. Uh, again, if the Browns were picking at 10 like they were last year, of course, you'd be you'd be pumping out like, oh, yeah, pick as many quarterbacks in that top nine as you can. You're picking at, tw- <laughs> you're picking at 26. All four or five of those guys are going to go in the top 26 anyway, one way or the other. So it doesn't really make a difference Brown, Browns wise. But uh, it's still fun to sit back and watch it happen. Um, it, it's, you know, look, it, it gets everybody's you know appetite going and, you know, keeps everybody's juices flowing, so to speak. San Francisco. You know, obviously, you know, the talk could be Trey Lance. There's people floating around Mac Jones and I guess um, the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. (laughs) I tell you what, Mac Jones's camp, if anything, they are hustling. They are hustling very, very well because they seem to find a way to get his name mentioned to almost every franchise. Look, the Jets sent every single person of interest today to Zach Wilson's pro day. You're only allowed to send three. They sent the general manager. They sent the head coach. They sent their offensive coordinator. That kind of lets you know what's going on as far as the Jets. And, look, you're not going to lose anything on a pro day. It's 99.9% confirmation. Over 6-2. Hands are 9.5. That's good enough. We all know the kid can sling the rock. You still have Sam Donald to move. But what do you think San Francisco's ultimate play here is at 3? Yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I would be shocked if the Jets don't do the exact same thing for Justin Fields' pro day as well. Um, I would probably think they're sending the, the same three people to, to Justin Fields' pro day. But what San Francisco does, a lot of people are saying, you know, because of the timing and Justin Fields hasn't had his pro day yet, you know, that means they want Trey Lance. For me, the way I see it is you make that move securing that you're getting either Wilson or Fields or Lance. So I don't know if they make that move specifically with Trey Lance in mind because he's had his pro day and you're assuming Zach Wilson goes second, but more over, you know, with the third pick, you can absolutely secure box out another team from trading up and getting one of those other three guys. Um, And no, it's, they're not taking Mac Jones. They're not, passing up on Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> giving up three first round picks to then turn around and pick Jimmy Garoppolo with a dad bod. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> so it, it's going to be Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, whoever the Jets don't pick it to, plus the other two big armed athletic quarterbacks left right there. Um, look, folks, it's going to be Justin Fields or Trey Lance. It's going to be. Uh, the Jets are done. Um, it's They're going to go in, uh, in my old Jet faithful. They've already labeled him the Mormon Mahomes. Obviously, Zach Wilson isn't Mormon. Um, and we'll see. Could be fun. Could be 
catastrophes. We'll see how it works out for the Jets. Uh, we got more coming here with Corey. Obviously, slew of pro days since the last time Corey's been on with us. Um, and look, I mean, this year, and look, some of the numbers, I get it. You know, everybody with the, it seems every player runs a 4 4. But look, we got to get something on these guys. Uh, you know, we all got work to do. We got to finish reports. We got to get something uh, on these guys. So we got to take what we can get. Um, so we're going to do that. Then we're going to, uh, fun little thing we're going to do here as far as first round, second round, third round. Everybody talks cornerback, edge, wide receiver. Corey's going to give us a little example here how maybe it could break out for each position, but in three different scenarios, putting each one of them in the first round. We'll be back here. Locked on Browns, Jeff Lloyd, joined by Mr. Corey Kinnett. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business and has been in business for years. But the best part about RockAuto.com is whether you are a chain store or an individual customer, you get the same treatment. No login, no type of that information. You are allowed their entire catalog of auto parts, search your vehicle, what you have on rockauto.com. And again, they treat every person like they are a business. Go to rockauto.com, search for everything, whether it's carpet for your interior, whether it's the simplest things like a hubcap or a rim, or it's major things, you know, as far as a head gasket or as far as a transmission, they've got you covered. Go to rockauto.com right now. And see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Hope everybody's been going over to BuiltBar.com. I hope you've been voting for your favorite flavor in the Built Bar March Madness bracket. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, Carrot cake and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft. They are easy to use. I'm sorry, easy to chew. Built Bar is great for the health conscious guy or gal. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They are great with the keto diet. The flavor profile for your cookies and cream bars, 70 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Corey, some of our favorites the last few days, some of the key darlings of the Browns community draft eyes have been finally starting to get we get some official, obviously big ones today, Virginia Tech, Michigan, but some players over the last couple of weeks, well, maybe over you know last week, 10 days, two weeks since the last time you've been on, Corey, who's confirmed some of your thoughts, who maybe who you had questions about, those have rose, where are you at right now? Uh, yeah, so my, my the first guy I'm going to mention is Elijah Moore. Absolutely love Elijah Moore. Uh, and then he absolutely goes out and burns rubber, not only on the 40, but puts his little loose angles on display as well and runs like a, a 6 6 uh, three cone time as well. So um, I absolutely Which love Which is one of the better more. ones I've ever seen. Um, and you're like, look, sometimes it's great to have a three cone. 
And I'm one of these guys where when receivers are running these routes, and this goes back to, to Braxton Miller years ago. Oh, look what he's doing. That's great. But what? show me the numbers. Is it equaling to success? Elijah Moore had 86 receptions in eight games this year. He plays in the SEC. Like, I mean, it's it's one thing to put up a highlight reel with running a route, but it's another thing to lead to actual success. And Elijah Moore just makes people look stupid. Are you ready for a, a pro comp for Elijah Moore? I'm in. He's a guy the Browns know very well from getting torched by him for almost a decade. I think he's got a lot of Antonio Brown to his game. He's not the biggest dude on the field, but he can win at every level off the line of scrimmage, and he plays strong. I think there's a lot of Antonio Brown to the game of Elijah Moore. I think there's some Steve Smith senior to him as well, and it's one of those, how is he so wide open? And, like, you think, like, somebody fell or, like, something, it was a blown coverage. Uh, no, he took five steps while the DB took two, and that's why he is alone 17 yards down the field because safeties had deep responsibility, and they at least thought somebody was going to run with him. Look, Elijah Moore, and it was fun while it lasted on some of these mock draft simulators. Um, if the Browns want Elijah Moore, it's 26 or trade back early second round. Uh, these days of 59 and those things, folks, that's just over. But who else, Corey? Who else is you know jumping out to you? Yeah, I mean, another guy we mention a lot on here is the Fiatti Melifonwu. Uh, really explosive player, uh, sub 4.540, so he's running in the 4.4s. Jumped out of the building on both his broad and um, vertical jump. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we've talked about him for months. I don't know if we need to talk about him much more. Um, an underrated Yeah, I mean, position. at this point, we, we don't want a restraining order. We do not want a restraining order <laughs> at this at this point from the Melifonwu family. Right, right. An underrated position that I have been looking out for has been interior offensive line. After seeing how much Joe Thune made in free agency, sure, players are always, I mean, we've seen it with, with Rashard Higgins, but it's not always like that. I, the Browns are not going to pay an interior offensive lineman $16 million a year. And so you can say, well, Drew, Drew Forbes is still under contract for two years beyond 2021 as well. But do you want to bank on a complete unknown, or do you want to potentially make a move this year to 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 get ready to anticipate potentially Wyatt Teller moving on? Um, and so Sidarius Hutcherson, or okay, but before I cut you off, or your center, or possibly your current left guard, because you're going to look at a five year age gap and say, well, if he's the best one we got. And, you know, and it, look, I mean, Treader, Petonio, love him. But if it comes down to Wyatt Teller getting paid what he deserves and maybe moving on from someone else and there is – and if your scenario plays out perfectly because if you think about it, there is already a backup center in the building. And these are things you want to get on one year early as opposed to one year too late. But go ahead. Right. We don't want to talk about the longest tenured Brown potentially uh... – Potentially getting the angst too much. In, uh, and then it almost so feels you, bad where you say the <laughs> NFL Players Association president who plays for the Browns could be a guy on the way out. Yes, all to, right. decisions to have, but now is not the time. 
Right. So if we're looking at outside zone guards, we want dudes who can get to the boundary, who can move laterally, who can who can move. Uh, so Sedarius Hutcherson from South Carolina is a is a really tempting guy. Uh, if he's around on day three, I don't know. They might prioritize it late day two to grab a guard. I I don't know. Um, but if they do, Sedarius Hutcherson, you know Kendrick Green from Illinois or. Um, Quinn Miner, it's the D3 dude from, from Wisconsin Whitewater as well. All three tested really well um, and would seemingly be a really good fit in an outside zone scheme. Um, Quinn Miners and Wyatt Teller would be, literally be like having the Road Warriors or the Steiner brothers as as your guards. Because like both of them are just weird, freaky, and they'll kick your ass and then dunk a basketball at the end just for the shits and giggles of it. Right. And he played guard in college, but has been working out as a center for the NFL. So there's a little bit of versatility there as well. Um, corner, we can talk. I mean, J.C. Horn worked his way out. There's no way he's falling to 26 now. Um, Eric Stokes, maybe. Greg Newsom, maybe. Um their tape, I didn't love as much as I would hope. Eric Stokes more so than Newsom, but and Newsom has some injuries concerns. He's played seventeen games in three seasons. So, uh, the thing Nico, I like about Stokes though is he does some little things. I mean, I, I know it's a minimum three three touchdowns scored through special teams, through defense, and he's going to be asked to play special teams here. You know, somebody's going to have to fill in for the Tavier Thomases of the world. So, you know, if you drafted Eric Stokes, Greedy Williams is healthy. You're going to have to work Stokes in somewhere, somehow. And the fact that obviously he's got that experience, it's appealing to me. And of course, you know, the fact that you're just a damn freak athlete is always a good thing too. Right. So we've previously previously talked and I have said the only two corners I would consider realistically would be Melifon Wu or Stokes. I would probably add Newsom to that list as well. Newsom's injury history does continue to scare me a little. Again, 17 games in three seasons is not a lot. Um, so that does scare me, um, but it is nice to see that this wide receiver class is kind of shaping out to be an athletic one. So if they don't take, you know, more, or even if Bateman's on the board, Rashad Bateman's on the board at 26, if they decide to pass him over, we just saw a dude, Nico's Collins is at six, four, mm-hmm. and he's testing out of his mind. Um, who's the better Michigan wide receiver going all the way back to 2019. If we're watching Michigan tape, he's the one standing out and not Donovan Peoples-Jones, which Donovan Peoples-Jones is the one on the roster. So why not have them both if they wait until the second round or third round to, to take a wide receiver? Um, and I mean, know the Browns fans love their big wide receivers because they want to run those fades at the goal line. But Ban goal line. I hate goal line fades. Uh, but what... what, what <laughs> Collins showed us he has some lateral movement. He's got some some oily ankles and hips as well. So he can he can, you know, work at every level of the field potentially. Um and I think his tape shows a little bit of that as well, while as well being able to get vertical, um, which is a huge need for this offense. The ability to get vertical is is, is needed badly. Um and if they wait till day three, Amira Smith or Marset from Iowa might be there. Um, and then Simi Fajeko from Stanford is another guy, uh, wide receiver-wise, who who they both have tested pretty well as well at their pro days. And this is one thing that – and look, when – if and when, I'm sorry, I'm not going to say if. When the Browns drift a wide receiver, and it looks like Corey needs a refill, I hope he was smart enough to bring a second one when he come to Lockdown Browns. He'd come with two cocktails, not one. But the thing is – this is a year to draft a wide receiver. I don't care if you love your wide receiver room. I don't care if you think you're too deep at wide receiver. 
you want to be in on what the draft is deep on. This draft is deep. I mean, look, there's players like Anthony Schwartz, and even if you use him 10 to 12 reps a game, and he goes, you know, in motion, or he runs, you know, jet motion, or just the thought of a jet sweep, there are so many wide receivers in this class, even if their rep amount is small, the rewards could be large. What are you going to do when you have Odell Beckham, Donovan Peoples-Jones, two tight ends, and you throw a guy who runs a 4-2-8 on the field? How do you cover that? How do you defense that? Or you run the jet motion fake sweep and just straight off hand it to Nick Chubb. Everybody's running around worried about the guy who runs the 4-2-8. But here's the guy who runs sub 4-5, 228 pounds, and will run through you, over you, past you. There are just so many toys. And we've, we've, got, we've done this since 2014, talking about the wide receiver position. And wow, this is one of the greatest classes we've ever seen. And it goes on and on. Right. Did you see Mel Kuyper said in his most recent podcast that Anthony Schwartz is potentially getting some late day one praise, early day two praise? Is Al Davis still alive? That was the first thing I'm thinking. Is Al Davis still alive? Because he's. I, I went through this way back in the day with Darius Hayward Bay over Michael Crabtree. And, you know, I mean, look, but there's disciples in the He runs what? I mean, unless Kansas City just punts on offensive tackles and says, you want to know what? Let's just go four by 100 track team at the wide receiver position. Look, I, I, I know Corey's a big fan. I'm a big fan. That's a little, that's one of those, okay, folks, let's not lose our heads. Anthony Schwartz is not going top 32. Right. He's, I wouldn't, I would not take him that high. That's very rich for me, but God bless I mean, him if he does, if he does, God bless him. <laughs> Right. But even there was a, a, a clip of Nick Saban on, on Twitter today circulating about him talking about like, no, I'm done talking about playing defense and playing really good special teams and controlling the clock. I'm trying to outscore everybody now. And that's how I've been recruiting. And that's how I've been coaching. The Browns do not have the firepower they, offensively right now. Right. The Browns do not have that firepower right now to outscore people. You can say, oh, yeah, they got Jarvis. And they got Higgins. Those dudes aren't stretching the field. Njoku's not seeing the amount of snaps that I think he needs to see in order to be a real threat. Uh, Hooper's not beating anybody deep. If you want to outscore the other team, get some speed on the field. And that's why, like, I'm trying to beat it into the head of anybody who follows me. Wide receiver is going to be addressed earlier than you think. And this is what also the other thing, and this is what we try to explain in, you know, y'all, you know, whatever, you know, However you get confused with Pete, but here's the thing. You throw an interception early in the game. You're down early. Your defense isn't clicking early. Guess what? One 75-yard bomb, like Patrick Mahomes does to Tyreek Hill, when things aren't going well for the Chiefs, I mean, it's – how other do you explain it? Home run hitters. And if you have those guys on the field, and you certainly have enough of them, when chips are down, all right, well, we got this play that we know this defense hasn't seen. We've watched five weeks of film on him. If we put him three yards off the offensive tackle and just have him run a deep post flag, whatever, they're not going to be ready for it. And guess what? Our offense is going to be on the field for 45 seconds. The game will be tied. It'll offset our slow start on both sides of the ball. The early interception, the fumble, what have you. 
and it's getting the game to and get ready for it, folks. The NFL is getting closer to 42, 39 games than I think a lot of people are ready for. Yeah, it's I mean, it's clearly the the progression that the NFL is making and people will point to the Super Bowl and it's like, well, yeah, defense still won the Super Bowl. I mean, it, the 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 Buccaneers played from ahead for most of the games as it was anyway. So it's like it doesn't really add up for me or they'll say, well, the linebackers won that. No, having defenders who can get deep and get sideline to sideline won that. That doesn't have to be a linebacker. It can be a dimebacker. It can be a strong safety. It doesn't have to be a linebacker. They just have to have, happen to have two very good linebackers who are athletic out of their minds um but that's definitely the the trend that we're moving towards one wide receiver i still want to mention is diami brown and his pro day is coming up in the next three days so i wanted to make sure i mentioned that as well i love diami brown um vertical threat pretty strong um after the catch so diami brown is another receiver that is potentially a day two guy that i wanted to mention I think that is also um and obviously unc has two great running backs and i believe it's also the same day as um, Miami and Miami will be an interesting one because we're going to get the raw numbers on obviously three of the top, I guess, 10 edges in this class. And that's just giving a, a rough number, uh, with that. And, you know, this is great because we didn't get combine. So it's, it's something here to, we're getting to the point where all of this should be put to bed, but it's not because, you know, combine, usually you take and it's official. If you didn't get numbers from anybody from the combine, then you go to pro days. Um, this is all we got this year, folks. So we're going to do the best we certainly can with it. Uh, we're going to go here now. Obviously, Browns have four picks currently within the top 91. Everybody wants to talk wide receiver. Everybody wants to talk cornerback. Everybody wants to talk edge. Corey's going to give us a couple different scenarios where he puts each one of those at the top, how it could play out. We'll get to that just in a second on your latest Locked on Browns. Just because football season is over does not mean sports wagering has to end. And there is only one place that has you covered and one place here at Locked On that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account and at BetOnline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Whether it is March Madness in full swing, the NBA, the NHL, MLB starting in less than a week. And, of course, NFL draft prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget, again, to use the promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Corey, now, obviously, everybody wants to talk cornerback. They want to talk wide receiver. They want to talk edge. And there's one pro day today, Quiddy Pay, shaved off a little weight to look really good moving around. That worked. Um, But give us some scenarios here how it could work out. If it's cornerback at one, wide receiver to edge in 89, 91, doesn't matter. And then there's always that golden pick there. But tier it for me, three different scenarios, cornerback, First, then wide receiver first, then edge first. Yeah, so I need to sit down and make a Brown-specific big board. Um, But if he's on the board, I'm taking Rashad Bateman no matter what. If Rashad Bateman falls to 27. Oh, we've got it no matter what. No matter what, I'm taking Rashad Bateman. He's a player I would not even consider trading back for. If he's on the board, I'm taking him. I just Uh, wish he never wore zero. But other than that, yes, I'm good with you. Okay, so we'll start out with doing – 
uh, wide receiver round one, edge two, corner three. So okay. that's that, that's the scenario we're, we're following. Bateman one or more. I would take Elijah Moore round one, too. That might be a little high for some because he's 5'7 and some change. But he showed me he's played, I think, 23% of his snaps outside the numbers. So that's a pretty good a pretty good chunk of snaps still playing outside the numbers for his size. Being able to win vertically off the line of scrimmage, every level of the field. He's shown enough to me that I feel like he has wide receiver two with wide receiver one potential. So I would take Elijah Moore um, at 26 as well. But we'll, we'll go Bateman for here for, for first round. Um, second round, you hope Joseph Asai falls to, to second round, um, edge rusher out of Texas. Um, he's a bit raw, um, but he's completely powerful and athletic. So you would hope that you can come and get him in, um, and get him working with the coaching staff to, to develop a, a bit of a, a repertoire off the edge. Um, and then if we're going third round corner, uh, you hope Tyson Campbell's there from university of Georgia, Tyson Campbell got beat up at the catch point. Uh, he displayed a little bit of weaknesses off the line of scrimmage, a little bit, um, lacks a little physicality but he's twitched up he's probably the most athletic corner in this class um i guess eric stokes tested like ran a faster forward than him but uh tyson campbell is 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 real twitchy worth worth the uh worth the 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 flyer outside of the first round even in the second round i doubt he makes out of the second round if we're being honest but um for this for this activity we'll go tyson campbell if we're going edge round one my dream would be would be aziz ojalari um, I think he's the best edge rusher in the class. He's explosive. He's got he really good. A lot of Georgia football. If you have guys I'd noticed. Right. <laughs> I think he's got good bend. He's explosive. I think he's, uh, his functional play strength is a lot better than people give him credit for, for his size. Um, especially if you go back and watch his Alabama tape, the way that, uh, he'll stand up pulling guards. So Deontay Brown and Emil Ecoyer are both top notch guards, uh, and he'll stand them up. Uh, keep him off the second, keep the second level clean. Um, so I like Ojolari a lot. So we'll go him round one. Let's do corner round two. You would hope Melifonwu would maybe be, maybe fall there. I doubt he will just because dudes who are that big, who can move that well, don't tend to stick around, but it's a deep corner class and it could be, you know, a Jack, you know, where teams, it's just, what's your preference? And maybe Melifonwu falls. Yep. Right. Um, Asante Samuel would be another good option if we're going second round corner. A lot of people see him as a nickel, um, but Stephen Thomas actually pointed out that he only played 11 snaps in the nickel this season. So if you're that dominant and you're only playing 11 snaps in the nickel, then you deserve the chance to fail outside before you're forced to move inside. Um, so Asante Samuel's a dude there. Uh, wide receiver round three, Deami Brown, I've mentioned, Anthony Schwartz. Um, I doubt Terrace Marshall falls. Um and if you're looking for maybe a smaller, shiftier guy, Amari Rogers, Tutu Atwell. Um, and now, if we transition to to corner round one, Eric Stokes would be a guy there. I would be fine with taking Melifonwu there. Um, you would hope he would fall yep. to the second, but if you don't think he is, then I would be fine with taking him there. Greg Newsom, I mentioned those three earlier, is the only three corners I would really consider realistically on the board. Sertan's not going to be there. Farley's having some medical issues now that have popped up with a second back injury. So do you feel comfortable taking him at 26? Do you let him continue to fall? Uh, and then JC Horn's not going to be there after he tested as the most athletic com- athletic cornerback to test in the past 30 years. So he's gone. Uh, so I, I wipe him off the board. So we'll say Stokes for a corner at 26. Uh, wide receiver round two. You would hope Elijah Moore would fall potentially. 
If Elijah Moore falls to, to, to the second round, home run, slam dunk. If he's off the board, you could look at guys like Terrace Marshall from LSU, uh, who might yep. honestly go earlier than than more, depending on the flavor of NFL teams. Once again, 6'3", 200 pounds, really fluid for his size. Uh, he's got really good vertical speed as well. Adding another LSU wide receiver to the room. Um, second uh, second round again, Nico Collins. I don't I don't see a way. Nico Collins. I mentioned this earlier. To, to a group of friends, Nico Collins feels like the kind of wide receiver who would have gone top 10 a decade ago. But now, of course. yeah. Braylon <laughs> I mean, Edwards. Braylon right. Edwards. Yes. Right. You test out of your mind. You're big, you're athletic, strong at the catch point. That's what teams wanted. Now it's kind of transitioned to separation is key and route running is key. It doesn't matter how big you are. If you can get open, that's who we want. Um, so Nico Collins isn't going to, I mean, I have him, I think my 10th best wide receiver, but it's a deep wide receiver class and they're going to fly off the board in the top two rounds, three rounds. Um, so Nico Collins, Diami Brown, Terrace Marshall, all three wide receivers in the second round you could potentially target, which would put us to edge in the third round. Um, Joe Tryon out of Washington didn't play this year, opted out really athletic. I think he's got a really good understanding of how to use his hands, how to build a plan off the edge a pass rush playing off the edge. Um, one of them, this is not a very bendy class. There's not a lot of bend in this class. A lot of the pass rushers are stiff, um, but Tryon has some bend to him. So I like him. Peyton Turner, you miss out on JJ Watt, who has that inside out versatility. Peyton Turner has that. So I talked to Peyton Turner a little bit. He's kind of cool. He came into to college at 220 ish. Uh, and they told him, Hey man, we need to walk up. Yeah. So he walked up to, yeah. to 270 his freshman year to contribute immediately as a true freshman. And then they're like, Hey man, we need you to slide inside. So he bulked up to 290 his sophomore year. And then they come around his junior year. They're like, Hey man, we need you back at edge. He shaved that off. <laughs> yeah. So he shaved the 20 pounds back off and he stabilized it like 270 over the past two years. And he said, that's kind of where he's, he's staying at and where he's hoping to play at. Um, but Peyton Turner there in the third round, another guy who could, you know, slide into three tech if you needed to uh, for NASCAR packages can play on the edge power rush dude um, would fit really well there. And then another guy, if you disregard the age guardrail a little bit, uh, Northern Iowa's Ellerson Smith is an absolute yes. freak, absolute freak. He's, he's a little older in this class for sure, but I think he jumped like a 41 and a half inch vertical, um, absolute freak, uh, ran a really great 40 and he didn't play this year again. Cause the FCS didn't play, um, similar to, and, and the, the U and I guys are interesting because, uh, if you've read stories on them, Spencer Brown, who's an offensive tackle who might go top 40 now, Another um, freak, yep. freak athlete. Yeah. But those two came out and said, we'd rather opt out and not play this year, then let another, they were getting division one transfer offers, but they said, we'd rather opt out than not have another division reap the, the benefits of, of what you and I has done for us. Um, they both transformed their bodies completely during their time at you and I. Um, so he's another edge who's going to him and he's going to fly off the board in, in the first two days now too, even though uh, he's from a smaller school. So Ellerson Smith, if you disregard the age a little bit as a guy in the third round, I'd look at as well. It's going to be interesting because there are everybody has their guardrails. Everybody has their, you know, this is the way we do things as far as the draft is concerned. And then there's going to be those other people who say it's empty, Corey, give it up. There's going to be there's other people who say, guys, we can't we got to essentially ignore 
our guardrails. We have to ignore how we've done this in years past because this year is an anomaly. There's no way around it. Um, look, you know, and everybody, you know, the Browns have nine picks. The Browns have no business whatsoever selecting nine players. You're not going to draft three players to cut them. You're just not going to do that. And if you're going to stick with your guardrails of drafting athletic, productive, and everything checks boxes, you don't want to draft those players to cut them. The Browns don't have nine roster spots. They don't. Um, I mean, if you want to draft a third quarterback, but I don't think they're going to open up a spot for a third quarterback as much as I'd love to, because I don't certainly want to pay a bet. I don't want to pay anyone any money other than Baker Mayfield, because if it's not Baker Mayfield playing, it's the old you know line from the cold stays. Well, then you're left. Um, do you really need another running back? Yeah, maybe you want to get ahead of it to see what happens. But I mean, is anybody else, if anybody else is seeing touches besides Nick Chubb or Kareem Hunt, it's not a good thing. Uh, you know, and even with the offensive line, yet yeah, maybe you want to get on it one year early, and that's a guy you can keep as your eighth, ninth lineman saying, hey, he may be top five in 22. That's understandable. Um, but it's it's going to be funny, and it, it's a shame because we grow so many affections for so many players in the class, and it's going to be a slimmer pickings this year for the Browns. Yeah, I would be shocked if they selected nine players. Um and I would be, I'd be nervous for a couple of veterans is what I would be. Right. And th- this might be a hot take. I don't know. I'd be shocked if they selected a linebacker. I think they feel fine rolling into this. I mean, they re-signed Elijah Lee, who's a special team. It brings a lot of special team versatility. Uh, they signed Anthony Walker. Jacob Phillips they selected on day two, which is pretty early to select a linebacker for an analytical department. Uh, and then Taki Taki played pretty well last year. I, I don't think and they're going to Malcolm Smith knowing he was going to do, he's going to do the same exact thing he did last year. Right. So I don't think they're going to going to sign a line or draft a linebacker. What they probably will do is select a Rover, a safety who, who can slide down to the second level. Talanoa, who Diablo, one of Di- those divine yeah. Diablo. Yeah. One of those guys, uh, JOK from Notre Dame is going to be off the board. I wouldn't consider him, uh, but I would be shocked if they took a linebacker even. Maybe a late flyer, who knows? But I think they feel pretty set with Walker, Phillips, Smith, Taki Taki as four pretty, you know, they're, they're good to roll with that. If anything, Mac Wilson should probably be fearing for a roster spot. But, um, well, Eliza Lee plays specials and plays them well. So, I mean, how many linebackers are going to keep six? Um, when ideally you want to play more nickel and dime, something to think about. And look, uh, you know, I'm not even getting any more at 51. I'm not going to get any more into it with 51. He is Corey Kinnon. Uh, check out everything over at the first pick. Corey's been podcasting, um, doing a fantastic job over there, and talking with some of these draft prospects. So make sure you are following Real Corey Kinnon. Make sure you are, are getting the latest updates on all of that stuff. Uh, show itself at Lockdown Browns. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Again, follows over there. Anything you need, ideas for the show. Uh, we're less than a month away from the NFL draft in Cleveland. So be ready, folks. Um, everybody get your vaccinations. If you want to be a part of it, be around it. Make sure you take care of all of that. And I've heard it's been going well. And obviously, you, anybody who's on Twitter sees the amount of people that are rushing to get vaccinated. So please keep up with that. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. A, subscribe to Locked on Browns. B, 
Five-star rating, see written reviews for Locked on Browns. We'll close it here. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.